it's time to move the flag from the Capitol grounds. From Pacifica Radio's KPFK in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Oregon Central Coast, coast to coast and around the globe on KPFK.org, on the Progressive Voices Channel, on Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, and many other fine outlets hither and yon, including Radio Sputnik, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Glad you could join us for another action-packed, thrilling hour, a historic hour, in fact, Uh, South Carolina's governor, Nikki Haley, has now called for the Confederate flag to be removed from the grounds of the state capitol in Columbia, South Carolina. She has uh, she was joined at a press conference on Monday by both Democratic officials and Republican senators Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott. The flag, the Confederate flag, has been a divisive symbol, of course, since the Civil War, particularly for African-Americans who see it uh, accurately as a symbol of oppression and slavery. And that state's Republican governor, who had long supported flying the flag at the state capitol, has now called for it to be removed and called on state legislators to do so with haste. Apparently, it actually requires... The state, le- an act of the state legislature to remove that flag. We will have some audio from that news conference by Governor Nikki Haley uh, shortly. There is a lot happening, and it is happening quickly on a lot of fronts in the wake of uh, the South Carolina terrorist attacks last week. Not just with the flag, obviously, but with the way a lot of folks, many of whom are are running for president in the Republican Party, and many of whom work at the Republican Party's own news channel, Fox News, uh, a, a lot of the way that uh, that people are now being forced to deal with this issue in a very short time since that tragedy last week when uh, nine African-Americans were gunned down at the uh, Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston. Uh, I'll be joined in a bit later. I'll be joined in a bit by uh, Eric Bollert, over at Media Matters for America to take a look at the pathological denialism, as he accurately describes it, on so many fronts and on so many issues raised over the past week by those racist terror attacks in Charleston uh, over at Fox News and how it is that the fake news network is dealing with what seems to be a quickly collapsing bubble. I don't know how else to describe it. A quickly collapsing bubble 
uh, in which they have lived for so many years now imploding on them. Uh, but as mentioned, there are a lot of issues in play here uh, in the wake of last week's tragedy. Racism, gun violence, terrorism, a lot more. Uh, on the gun issue, for example, this was um, <laughs> this was great. Over at The Economist, just uh, a day or so, I think, after the shooting, someone by the name of M.S., I don't know who that is, if it's a man or a woman, uh, wrote, it has become clear since Sandy Hook, since the shootings at Sandy Hook, that meaningful gun control is politically impossible in America. I'm not sure I agree, but this is what MS says. While certain forms of restrictions on gun ownership are popular, the power of lobbying organizations such as the National Rifle Association and the lockstep opposition of Republicans in Congress have blocked all moves towards legislation. Before the massacre last week in Charleston, there had been 279 killings involving four or more victims since 2006. 279 killings with more than four or more victims. Mass shootings, according to an excellent database compiled by USA Today. The regularity of mass killings breeds familiarity, writes MS at The, uh, the Economists. The rhythms of grief and outrage that accompany them become, for those not directly affected by the tragedy, ritualized and then blend into the background noise. That normalization makes it ever less likely that America's political system will groan into action to take steps to reduce their frequency or deadliness. Those who live in America or visit it might do uh, best to regard these shootings as the way one regards air pollution in China. An endemic local health hazard, uh, which for deep-rooted cultural, social, economic, and political reasons, the country is simply incapable of addressing. This person goes on to write that that, however, may be a bit unfair. China actually seems to be making progress on pollution. Good point, MS, whoever you are. Uh, they are making progress. Are we making any here? Well, there are signs that there may be some progress. Um, ben Carson, uh, after a week trying to deny that any of this uh, has anything to do with racism over at Fox News and among those running uh, folks running for president, uh, among at least many of the 2016 GOP candidates, folks like Jeb Bush, who said he didn't know if this was a racist attack. Rick Santorum and Lindsey Graham, both senators, Rick Santorum, a far former senator, Rick Sa uh, Lindsey Graham, a current senator. They both tried to say that it was initially it was an attack on Christianity. Never mind that a white guy walked into a black church, a historically black church and, and killed uh, the, the, the preacher there and eight other parishioners. Well, now Ben Carson, an African-American neurosurgeon and a Fox News favorite, uh, turned 2016 GOP candidate, he has now come out uh, calling out those who would deny this attack for what it really is. In an op-ed today over at USA Today, Ben Carson wrote, Not everything is about race in this country, but when it is about race, then it just is. So when a guy who has been depicted wearing a jacket featuring an apartheid-era Rhodesian flag walks into a historic black church and guns down nine African-American worshipers at a Bible study meeting, common sense 
leads one to believe his motivations are based in racism. When the sole adult survivor of the ordeal reports that the killer shouted before opening fire, quote, you rape our women and you're taking over our country and you have to go. Well, that sounds to me a lot like racial hatred, says Ben Carson, who, yes, happens to be African-American. He goes on to say, let's call this sickness what it is so we can get on with the healing. Well, I don't know that we can jump right to the healing. We may have to get to the uh, fixing it part first, to the uh, applying uh, salves and stitches and putting bandages on the wound or whatever it is that we have to do before we get to the healing. In any event, uh, Ben Carson says, if this were a medical disease and all the doctors recognized the symptoms but refused to make the diagnosis for fear of offending the patient, we could call it madness. It's interesting that he says that, uh, Desi Doyen, uh, welcome, our producer here and uh, my co-host on the Green News Report. Interesting that he says that if this were a medical disease and all the doctors recognized the symptoms but refused to make the diagnosis for fear of offending the patient, we would call it madness. Does that remind you of anything else uh, uh, let me not think. related to Charleston? Let me think. If, if, a lot of, uh, if all the doctors yeah. said, and then you yeah. go to the one doctor right. who says, no, you don't mm-hmm. have it. That's kind of like, I don't know, it reminds me of climate change. Oh, climate change denialism, man. Wasn't Ben Carson, uh, we've been covering all of the, uh, uh, the, the Republican and Democratic yeah. uh, candidates uh, on our Green News Report and their positions on climate change. Wasn't he one of the deniers? Am oh, I remembering yeah. this correctly? He's totally, he's totally okay. a denier. He believes that. Uh, well, I, I think you can put him in the camp of, well, sure, the the climate is always changing, but humans are not responsible. And yet, all the doctors have told him otherwise. Gosh, uh, I w- to it's, use his own words, we would call it madness. Yeah, it's almost like he doesn't even hear himself. Imagine that. Uh, That's what goes on in the Fox News uh, bubble world. Uh, That was Ben Carson, at least acknowledging him. Let's give him credit. At least he acknowledged that, yes, it was racism. But was it terrorism? That's another issue that has come up in the wake of these shootings. Was it terrorism? Why? Uh, when uh, those two brothers up in Boston uh, set off a bomb and they end up killing two people, uh, injuring hundreds of others. Why is that terrorism immediately before we even know who did it? And yet this, you've got a guy who says why he did it to cause a race war, essentially, is apparently why he did it. And that seems to uh, now match up with his manifesto that has been uh, found and released over the weekend from his uh, from his website. So why was what happened in Boston terrorism? This one, oh, we can't say the words terrorism. Even the director of the FBI, James Comey, Barack Obama's appointed FBI director, uh, he said during a press conference in Baltimore over the weekend that he wouldn't label the mass shootings in Charleston, South Carolina, as terrorism. Comey was asked whether he'd classify the Charleston shootings as an act of terrorism. He said, I wouldn't. Terrorism is an act of violence done or threatened to uh, in or, uh, threatened in order to try to influence a public body or the citizenry. So it's more of a political act. And again, based on what I know, uh, so more I don't see it as a political act, says Comey. Now, to his credit, that was prior to, I believe, prior to the release of this uh, manifesto of uh, Darren Roofs, Roths, however you say his name. I believe it's Roth. That was prior to that coming out, but it wasn't prior 
uh, to Roth's roommate, Joey Meek, telling ABC News right after the shooting that Roth was, quote, big into segregation, that he was plotting for six months, that he said he wanted something big like Trayvon Martin, uh, according to uh, what Meek, the roommate, told the network, and that he, quote, he wanted to make something spark up the race war again. By the way, uh, that guy, Joey Meek, never alerted authorities for some reason. And also, by the way, the authorities never knew about it, even though apparently, even though it was six months in the planning. And that's why we were told that the NSA needs to spy on everyone so they can stop these uh, things uh, in the planning stages. Yet, for some reason, this, like all of the other uh, terrorist attacks, did not caught, get caught despite the NSA spying on everyone. In any event, a spokesman for the Department of Justice then, uh, after Comey's statement, uh, said that uh, released their own statement saying that the DOJ would be investigating the shooting as a possible hate crime or act of terrorism. The statement said this heartbreaking episode was undoubtedly designed to strike fear and terror into this community. And the department is looking at this crime from all angles, including as a hate crime and as an act of terrorism. The statement read, so seems like the Department of Justice needs to get together with the director of the FBI because they are not on the same page. Now, why would that be? Well, at the time of his confirmation, back in July of 2013, we spoke with FBI whistleblower and Time Magazine Person of the Year, Colleen Raleigh, on this broadcast, and she had a lot of concern about James Comey. James Comey, who was initially uh, served in the Bush, George W. Bush administration's FBI. Now, he did some uh, important things over there uh, when it came to the Bush administration's policy regarding uh, torture. And he actually stood up to the Bush administration in uh, a, a very commendable way. And I think that that helped a lot of the Democrats say, oh, yeah, we want this guy as our director of the FBI. But at the time, at the time of his confirmation, people like Colleen Raleigh uh, in July of 2013 were warning about this guy. The ACLU's Laura Murphy uh, described it uh, this way. Uh, she said Comey was one who approved or defended some of the worst abuses of the Bush administration during his time as deputy attorney general. Those included torture, warrantless wiretapping, and indefinite detention. So if you're wondering why the knee-jerk reaction of a guy like James Comey, appointed by Barack Obama to be the director of the FBI, might say, no, 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 this isn't terrorism. Well, maybe that's why. Maybe it's because he comes from the Bush administration. And, of course, no one was paying attention when it uh, came time to confirm him, to be frank. Republicans liked him, by and large, because he had been appointed by Bush. Democrats liked him because he had stood up for a, a moment, a very important moment in time, but he had stood up against the Bush administration in that moment. But other than that, yeah, he supported warrantless wiretapping, indefinite detention, and so on and so forth. Even Rick Santorum, former Senator Rick Santorum, who just a few days ago was calling this an attack on Christianity, even Rick Santorum has now changed his, uh, apparently, has changed his position, and he's now calling this out, for the most part, for what it is. Here was Rick Santorum on ABC's This Week with Martha Raddatz over the weekend. 
You called the shooting a crime of hate, said it was racially motivated. Should it be considered an act of terrorism? I don't think there's any question when someone comes into a, uh, a church uh, for the reasons of, uh, of, of racism and hate that they're trying to, trying to terrorize people. I mean, I don't think there's any question that this is an act of terrorism. And, uh, it's, it's as purely evil as we've as we've seen in this country in a long, long time. Well, good for Rick Santorum for calling it an act of terrorism. That's exactly what it is. That, like racism, is exactly what Fox News won't call it. So good for Rick Santorum for coming around and finally doing it. So, OK, so it's terrorism. It's racism. But is the Confederate flag to blame in some way, or at least should it be taken down off the grounds of the South Carolina Capitol, where it has ignominiously or proudly, depending on how you look at it, waved for decades now on that point, Santorum over the weekend, uh, was still not on board with where his Republican Party is now moving. What about the Confederate flag? You saw Mitt Romney's tweet, I'm sure, bring down the flag. Jeb Bush has said, bring down that flag. Should they bring down that flag? I, I, I take the position that the federal government really has no role in determining what the states are going to do. You're a candidate for president. I, do you I'm, not I'm have also, a position on this at all? I'm, I'm not a South Carolinian, and, and I think this is a decision. It's beyond South Carolina. I would say think? that these are decisions that should be made by, by people. You know, I don't think the federal government or federal candidates should be making decisions on everything and, and opining on everything. This is a decision that needs to be made here in South Carolina. I have, like everybody else, I have my opinion, but uh, I think the opinion of, of people here in South Carolina and having them work through this difficulty is much more important than, than but, but politicizing what is your opinion? it. Well, again, it's uh, my, my opinion is that we should uh, let the people of South Carolina <laughs> go through the process of making this decision. Okay. Coward. Chicken. Uh, good on Martha Raddatz, by the way, on ABC This Week for pushing Santorum, for trying to get an answer from him. That was absolutely pathetic. And you can bet your bottom dollar Rick Santorum will now reveal now that uh, uh, Nikki Haley, the governor, Republican governor of South Carolina, has come out with her position that it needs to come down with the uh, two Republican senators from uh, South Carolina, Tim Scott and Lindsey Graham, saying it should come down. You can bet your bottom dollar Rick Santorum will come around eventually to have the right position on the issue. On Sunday nights last week tonight with John Oliver, uh, he wasn't waiting. He wasn't sticking his finger up into the, uh, licking his finger, putting it up into the air and, and waiting to find out which way the wind was blowing. He had his opinion about the Confederate flag, and he shared it in no uncertain terms on HBO. In the wake of this racially motivated shooting, some people found one thing especially galling. The American flag, the state flag, that is that those are at half staff. The Confederate flag, that has not been lowered at all. That's right. The Confederate battle flag was flying at full staff in front of the state capitol. Although, perhaps the bigger question is why it was flying at any staff at all. <laughs> Which is not to say the flag does not have passionate defenders in South Carolina. And that may be why politicians there go through comical contortions to avoid criticizing it. Is it time to stop flying the Confederate flag? Well, at the end of the day, it's time for people in South Carolina to, to revisit that decision would be fine with me, but this is part of who we are. The flag represents to some people uh, a civil war, and that was the symbol of one side to others. It's a racist symbol, and it's been used by people. It's been used in a racist way. Yeah. Yeah, it has. In fact, I believe the first time the Confederate flag was used in a racist way was the exact second they finished sewing the very first one. <laughs> it was around that time. Now, to be some 
here. To be somewhat fair, lowering the flag outside the state capitol is a little more difficult than it sounds. The flag cannot be lowered um, for any reason because it is affixed to that pole. It can't be raised or lowered. And if that flag is to be removed or lowered or anything done to it, you have to get, uh, I think it's two-thirds okay. uh, majority vote in each right. chamber of the state assembly to do it. Yeah, it needs a two-thirds vote. They were originally going to make it three-fifths, but even they thought that might be a bit on the nose. Just a bit on the nose. Now, look. Look, South Carolina. And indeed, any state that flies this flag, even as part of their actual state flag, Mississippi, holy shit! <laughs> now might be a great time, out of respect not just for the events of this week, but for the events of the past several centuries, to take that vote and lower the flag down to half-staff. And then, when it's at half-staff, why not keep lowering it <laughs> all the way down? And once you're holding it in your hands, take it off the flagpole completely, fold it, or don't bother, put it in a box, label it bad flag, and put it somewhere no one can see it. Just a thought. A simple good thought. A simple good thought indeed. That was John Oliver on HBO's Last Week Tonight. Uh, he raised uh, two two points I want to uh, highlight there. Uh, the flag is part of who we are. That was Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham, uh, who, who was dodging the question, just like Rick Santorum, just like the other cowards who can't call for simply doing the right thing in the Republican Party. Just like Jeb Bush, by the way, who on Saturday said, oh, let's let South Carolina figure out what to do about the Confederate flag. Jeb Bush today says, take it down. The other reference uh, he made was to Mississippi, the state of Mississippi, which also has the Confederate flag actually built into their own state flag. So what did Haley Barber, the longtime governor of Mississippi and the longtime head of the Republican National Committee, what did he have to say? Well, he said uh, just a couple of days ago the flag didn't have a thing in the world to do with what happened in South Carolina. And then, of course, all of those photographs of Darren Roth, the now allegedly confessed shooter in that church, uh, holding the Confederate flag on his website, having the Confederate flag on his license plate. Uh, we call him Dr. Vox, but uh, David Roberts over at Vox, uh, he's, he replied to uh, what Haley Barber had to say over the weekend in a tweet. He said, OK. Racist symbol of racist treason by racist states is totally unrelated to subsequent racist violence. Got it, said David Roberts. Well, apparently enough is enough because all of these Republicans who had for days been saying, oh, what, that flag got nothing to do with it. I don't want to. We don't need to take it down. That's not our problem. That's, let South Carolina worry about it. Well, South Carolina now seems to be worrying about it, including South Carolina's Republican governor, Nikki Haley, who had, like all of the others, been uh, perfectly in favor of the Confederate flag flying at the uh, state capitol. Despite so many calling for so long to take that flag down, she was in favor of it. But now she's finally, apparently, come around to the right position and that flag, she says, will come down. Speaking at a press conference this afternoon surrounded by both Democrats and Senators Tim Scott, Senator Lindsey Graham, who had no position on it before, uh, she said it's time for the flag 
to come down. For many people in our state, the flag stands for traditions that are noble. Traditions of history, of heritage, and of ancestry. Those South Carolinians view the flag as a symbol of respect, integrity, and duty. They also see it as a memorial, a way to honor ancestors who came to the service of their state during time of conflict. That is not hate, nor is it racism. At the same time, for many others in South Carolina, the flag is a deeply offensive symbol of a brutally oppressive past. As a state, we can survive, and indeed we can thrive, as we have done, while still being home to both of those viewpoints. We do not need to declare a winner and a loser here. We respect freedom of expression. Today, we are here in a moment of unity in our state, without ill will, to say it's time to move the flag from the Capitol grounds. Yeah. 150 years after the end of the Civil War, the time has come. The General Assembly wraps up their year this week, and as governor, I have the authority to call them back into session under extraordinary circumstances. I have indicated to the House and the Senate that if they do not take measures to ensure this debate takes place this summer, I will use that authority for the purpose of the legislature removing the flag from the State House grounds. Well, good for her. Finally, that was Nikki Haley this afternoon at a uh, press conference saying it is time to take down the flag from the state capitol uh, in South Carolina. So, yeah, apparently it was racism. Yeah, it was terrorism. Yeah, it was spurred on by symbols of hate like the Confederate flag. And, oh, yeah, there's that whole gun violence thing that we haven't even mentioned much today. That's a lot to deny on a single news channel. But don't misunderestimate the ability of Fox News to do exactly that. On that and the pathological denial of Fox News, we will be joined by Eric Bollert of Media Matters next. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free broadcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. Yeah. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. You know who's living in tiny bubbles? At least one big bubble? The uh, the Fox News channel. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. Like frantic shoppers, writes Eric Bullard, running down a last-minute list. 
Fox News talkers last week desperately tried to cobble together a inventory of reasons why racist gunman Dylan Roth may not have been primarily motivated by racism. So has the denial at the right-wing news channel become pathological? Eric Bollert says yes. Uh, he is the senior fellow at Media Matters for America. He's author of Bloggers on the Bus, How the Internet Changed Politics and the Press, and Lapdogs, How the Press Rolled Over for Bush. Eric has been on our show many times, and it's always good to have him here. Hey, Eric, welcome back to the broadcast, my friend. Hey, Brad, thanks for having me. Uh, okay, it's a big day and a lot is moving quickly, but before we get to uh, what's going on right now, let's talk a little bit about what went on last week. Can you quickly summarize uh, the various ways in which uh, the folks over at Fox seemed to try to avoid everything but the facts of this, uh, this case and this terrible killing in South Carolina? Yeah, the problem is, uh, as I write in my piece, that Media Matters is, you know, Fox is basically, certainly under Obama, has certainly denied that racism is a problem that still afflicts the country. And there has certainly gone all in the, with the idea that gun violence is not a major problem in America and there's no need to pass new laws. So okay, two of their pillars is that gun violence, mass murders, and racism aren't a big problem. So then we have this horrific event, which is a racist gun rampage. Right. So that puts Fox in a very uncomfortable position because you have this horrific crime that revolves around two um, two parts of American culture that Fox says isn't a problem. So their natural reaction is to deny all of it. You know, it wasn't. It's, we still don't have a problem with guns, and we still don't have a problem with racism, even though. The event just unfolded. So they said, well, maybe it was an attack on Christians because, you know, they were in a church, so maybe this person went looking for Christians to kill. Um, and uh, But as I didn't even include in my piece, but Huffington Post mm -hmm. had this great map last week where they showed, like, the 38 other churches within, you know, a mile or two-mile radius that this killer could have, could have gone to, except he went instead to the historical black church. They said maybe it was due to, uh, maybe it was an attack on South Carolina itself. Maybe it was an anti-South Carolina attack. Maybe it was because of political correctness. Maybe it was because of diversity. Maybe the, all pastors should be armed. You know, so like, as I said in my piece, it was just sort of this grocery list of illogical explanations. And what made it almost painfully comical is that we have rarely had such definitive proof about what motivated a mass murder like we had in Charleston, both from the comments from the killer on the scene and then from the manifesto he, he published himself. So there's absolutely no doubt about what was in play here. But for Fox and the conservative media, they, they simply cannot acknowledge it because, again, particularly under Obama, they have gone all in with this idea that racism doesn't exist in America mm -hmm. and that there is no gun there is no gun violence epidemic in this country. And and they really are all in. And by the way, I would add uh, uh, climate change to that as well, oh, yeah, to their yeah. pathological sure. denialism. And it's yep. not as though they, they ignore it, they omit it. They right. really go straight at it. I mean, they say, oh, it just doesn't exist. Here's an example that uh, you cited, Eric Bollert, from... Eric Bowling, early last year at Fox News, uh, 
basically, not basically saying, out and out saying racism does not exist in America. It's getting tiring. We have a black president. We have black uh, black senators. We have black uh, heads of captains of, of business companies. We have black entertainment channels. Where is there racism? I don't think there's racism. I think the only people perpetuating racism are people like this gentleman from the NAACP, are the Al Sharptons of the world. Um, Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. I mean, it doesn't exist. Racism is not a problem. How can they in any way even convince themselves that they are a serious uh, news organization when, uh, Eric, you ran down the list, gun violence, racism, mass murder, I mentioned climate change, all of yeah. these things simply don't exist. I, I, I don't know how they... Co- it, it's not as if they are uh, disagreeing with, with policy. That's what it used to be. Well, uh, here's how I think we should deal with uh, gun violence. Here's how I right, think we right, should deal right, with racism. Right, right. They're just saying... These things don't exist at all. And that list of things that they deny seems to be getting longer and longer and longer. Uh, What do they talk about over there anymore at this point? Right. So the walls of the bubble are getting thicker and thicker, right? Yeah. So it's become a completely inward-looking conversation. And the the point you make is is an important one, right? So there used to be, you know, there used to be debates Mm -hmm. about, you know, uh, abortion, about foreign policy, about taxes, about climate change. But as you say, it's much it's become much more comfortable to simply announce you have won the debate and that it doesn't even, you know, the debate doesn't exist anymore. Right. Um so uh, so specifically with the climate change and the racism, just very very similar textbook approaches which is they're not going to really debate about the root causes. This is why I think that they, they, it simply doesn't exist. So, but, you know, obviously with climate change, it's tough to do if you're dealing with science, although they're doing the best they can. And the racism thing is, is bizarre, uh, and, and, and frankly, it started with our old pal Andrew Breitbart, uh, who mm-hmm. started really right after Obama was, was mm-hmm. elected. He started this right-wing media push that if Obama is, was elected, racism is over, and therefore, more importantly for them, any discussion of racism is political, it's, vict- it's, it's a victimization, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, they decided to use this kind of jiu-jitsu. Uh, you know, Obama won 52% of the vote, therefore racism is eradicated, and now we're going to pound on people who say it still exists. Uh, and so that, that's been the modus operandi, uh, and, and and the problem again with the, with the Charleston uh, mass murder was it it completely undercut all of that it's, because you have such a naked nakedly racist attack. All that chatter, all that rhetoric has been deemed useless. Well, it's been deemed useless, but it took a matter of days, and uh, they they really did fight it. And now, uh, in, in many ways, it seems like that bubble is collapsing in on them to some extent. You've got, uh, well, since we, climate change came up, you know, you've got the Pope coming out right. uh, with, with an encyclical. Well, that now they hate the Pope. Yeah, Rush man. Limbaugh's attacking the Pope. Exactly. Right, right but go ahead. But, yeah, but this is what they do when someone like the Pope comes up. Uh, they're, you know, they they it won't change their mind. 
they just hate the Pope, but go ahead. Right, yeah. well, exactly. So he's, okay, we can do away with him. He's a radical lefty communist or whatever they want to uh, do with list. him. Right. Uh, but now we're looking at uh, Nikki Haley coming out today, governor of South right. Carolina, a big, you know, strong supporter of the, the Confederate flag in the past. Uh, she, uh, same with Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham, who's running for president. Uh, Senator uh, Tim Scott, all of them came out today and said it's time to get rid of the flag. These are Fox News people. So do they now go after them, or do they right. simply dismiss them as rhinos? And at the same time, you've now got Ben Carson in uh, today's USA Today coming out, calling this plainly racism, right. uh, saying that, uh, you know, writing, let's not delude ourselves here. The stakes are too high. Uh, we First, we have to face the facts. So these are... Fox News is own people yeah. and and their own issues, and it's all turning in on them. I, I know you have no crystal ball here, but what happens now, Eric Bullard? What the hell is Fox News going to do uh, now with this stuff? Yeah, I clearly think they didn't see this coming. So their, their robotic knee-jerk response is always uh, a, a kind of a weird combination. You mm -hmm. lash out and you play defense at the same time. So this talk about the flag, oh, this is ridiculous. It's Democrats trying to create a diversion. They're just trying to make us look bad. Um, and, you know, and, and virtually all the Republican candidates uh, took the bait. You know, Jeb Bush wouldn't come out and say what he thought, and Rubio, and they kind of tiptoed around it. Um, and so they were playing the same old game that, that Republicans have always played about the Republican flag. It's the same word game George Bush played in 2000. Uh, uh, you're, I'm not going to talk about it. It's up to the people of South Carolina. Right. I'm not going to take the bait, et cetera. What they didn't see coming was, as you pointed out, this complete about-face within right-wing Republican circles in the state of South Carolina. So all that chatter on Fox News over the weekend about the flag, how it doesn't matter, or, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess their one out is they would always say, well, this was always up to the people of South Carolina. Leave, leave them alone. They can decide knowing, I'm sure, they never thought for a minute that that actually meant Republicans in South Carolina would change their mind about the flag. Um, but, so now, right, they've got a problem. They've got a problem with uh, people like Ben Carson. Obviously, Mitt Romney over the weekend made things very uncomfortable for Fox and for Republican candidates when he got out front and reiterated what he had said time and again, uh, that they should take the flag down. Now, they didn't, you know, they didn't put Romney on the, on the, on the bad guy list, mm -hmm. but they kind of just ignored it. So, right, what do they do going forward? It's going to make them look foolish if, the, if Republicans in within the South Carolina are now conceding that the flag is, you know, it's not a, the correct symbol of the state. It's painful. It's divisive. It's everything that Democrats have been saying for the last 20 years while we've had this debate in South Carolina. So I, I don't think Fox saw around the corner uh, because they're always playing defense and they're always retrenching. And I, I don't think they had ever expected within 72 hours that this would the, we would it would take the turn that it has today in South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina State Senator, uh, or I should say State Rep, uh, Todd Rutherford was on CNN, and uh, he was, uh, I don't want to say speculating, well, I guess he was speculating, uh, in, the, in the day or two after his uh, good friend, Reverend uh, uh, Clemente Pinckney, was killed in that attack. Uh, he was speculating about where this uh, shooter's ideology may have come from, 
And uh, and well, and here's what he said on CNN. He did so based on some ill ill-gotten belief, on some on some wrong belief that it's okay to do that. He hears that because he watches the news and he, he watches things like Fox News, uh, where they where they talk about things that they call news, but they're really not. They use that coded language. They use hate speech. They talk about the president as if he's not the president. Now, I haven't heard uh, Roth, the, the, the now-confessed killer, yet specifically cite Fox in his uh, so-called manifesto that appeared over the weekend or as part of his confession, but he did mention the Council of Conservative Citizens, right. yeah. uh, which is a, a, formerly a, was, I think, the White Citizens Council. It's a group that many Republican candidates have been associated with, with over the years. Uh, more directly, he cited the coverage of Trayvon Martin killings and his that's belief right. that George Zimmerman, who killed him, was right to have done so. So that's not Fox directly, but it sure sounds, as Rutherford said, a lot like Fox News. Uh, Bill O'Reilly went nuts on this guy, uh, was very troubled by this. Does, does O'Reilly have a point though? Are, are we too quick to go after, uh, to go after Fox news? He, the, this guy didn't name them specifically, or do they have some culpability here, Eric Buller? Well, I, I, I will say, I think Fox dodged an enormous bullet and I guarantee you they were petrified as this story played out. And I guarantee you they were petrified when there was news of this manifesto found. Uh, because if this guy had sung their praise in public, it would have been a political or a, a public relations nightmare for them, uh, just the way it was when Glenn Beck was cited by people who uh, embraced insurrection, insurrection as violence. So uh, I'm sure Fox was terrified that they were going to be connected with this, and, and I think they dodged a bullet. So therefore, if if Dylan so is not far. talking about so far, so far we'll see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, if if you know, there'll be confessions, there'll be deposition, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what else? You know, he'll, he'll have to speak more about his motivation. Uh, but for now, if he's not talking about it, then I don't really think you can go after them. Uh, on a on, on a more general sense, there's no question that the right wing media. Uh, has engaged in extraordinary uh, race baiting uh, since Obama was inaugurated, and there's no doubt that uh, we have seen a rise in in, in far right uh, white supremacy violence uh, in this country over the last six or seven years. Uh, before I let you go, we got just a, a few more minutes here speaking with Eric Bollert of MediaMatters.org. Um, I, I uh, there was a bunch of things that actually got sort of lost last week. Uh, it was a very busy week before these shootings even happened. Uh, but there was, uh, for example, Donald Trump came out and announced his uh, candidacy. Uh, I was speaking with uh, blogger Digby, Heather Digby Parton, last week as, as Trump got in the race. And we sort of concluded that it's very possible Trump could do, uh, do well among the GOP's uh, primary voters in particular, because he kind of represents the Republican id, uh, as Digby described it, over the last 30 years of Reaganism. I'd love your thoughts on that, Eric Bullard. And since that happened, we've now learned, apparently, Donald Trump was paying actors (laughs) to show up at his, uh, his announcement and you know any other candidate that would knock them out would would yeah, just that would destroy be them. qualifying right there. Yeah, it was actually a staffer at Media Matters who that's right found that out and wrote about it on his yep. blog, and it, and it turned out to be completely uh, legit. Uh, people were getting paid fifty bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, and, and there was chatter at the event, even among the reporters, because it's so obvious Trump has no natural con- 
constituency. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean people wouldn't vote for him, but I mean in terms of like people who are going to show up in an event, people want to do grassroots. He's just not connected to that world at all. So it made him out a certain sense. I'd go one further. I'd say Fox, and I wrote about this last week. I mean, he really represents the Fox. I mean, Trump represents the Fox News. Id. Yeah. And Fox and, and Trump really represents what Roger Ailes did to the Republican Party, uh, sort of a, you know, a nativist birther mm-hmm. um, uh, who thinks climate change is a hoax. I mean, he is, he reflects sort of Roger Ailes without the Republican filter, without the Ted Cruz filter, without the filter of someone who's paid to be a politician. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Trump is an interesting uh, there's still a chance he'll be on the stage at the top ten. He, he seems to poll well in New Hampshire, for instance, uh, polling at five, six, seven percent. Obviously, he's got the name recognition, and and he represents all the things the Republican Party wishes it doesn't, it didn't stand for, uh, but it, it just. Uh, doesn't have enough courage to separate itself. From I, I think that uh, Digby, as I recall, called him the uh, Republicans' new Frankenstein's monster, and I, I think he is, and I think if he can stay in the race, I think he may surprise a lot of people, a lot of people in the media. Uh, people may not admit it to pollsters, but I think they may vote for this guy unless something like you know, this idea of paying actors to show up at your events, that I would normally be, like I said, a a candidate killer, except it won't be if the voters don't know about it. And I'm wondering, you watch Fox News a hell of a lot more than me. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Have they even let their viewers know that Trump was paying actors to show up and supporters? I'm not sure if it's come up. It certainly hasn't come up. Uh, it certainly hasn't been a point of emphasis. They might have mentioned it. I, I, I seriously doubt it. I mean, and just in passing, I mean, the Republicans have such a low level of expectation. Man, we talked about Charleston. I mean, Jeb Bush the day after spoke in front of a conservative conference and said, "We may never know what was in the shooter's heart and right. mind." This is after he told everyone. I mean, I, I tweeted that, that to me, that should have been a campaign disqualifier right there. I mean, if you're going to get up in public and say that, to me, that, but, you know, if a Democrat had said that, if Hillary had said that, uh-huh. it would have been, you know, it would have been Katie bar the door. Well, but, that- no, I think you're right. Repub- Republicans get away with a lot more. And, and. Trump paying people to show up was certainly a good example. Uh, Yeah, it would knock anybody else out. But in this case, if you don't tell them, they don't know. It never happened. It's back into the pathological uh, denialist bubble. Uh, The um, real quick, you wrote about Rush Limbaugh's latest uh, demotion in Boston. Uh, he's moved from their uh, from the great big station that he'd been on for a couple of decades, and now putting him onto a. Uh, station they you can't pick them up outside of the parking lot most likely right. uh what can we take from that i've been arguing that we're on the verge of a progressive era for some time is there any uh, uh patterns with russia's slow and painful demise uh that that you think might back that up or is this as much about the rise of the internet and the podcast uh, uh, you know versus the lack of interest in rush limbaugh and right-wing talk radio well, in general? His model doesn't work because of uh, he still can't get the advertisers right because of calling going after going crazy over Sandra Fluke uh, so he, he still is not drawing the advertisers that he ought to and his show is incredibly expensive and Clear Channel or now iHeartMedia uh, is the name of the company pays him so much money his contract is up next year I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up going the Howard Stern route 
because the problem is we've seen in Indianapolis, we've seen it in Boston, we've seen it in other places. His contract, he, he's kicked off long-time high-powered stations in the market, and then the key part is nobody else wants him. No other station wants them. There used to be a waiting list. If an opening ever came up, there was a waiting list of stations who wanted Rush. Mm-hmm. So now nobody else wants them, and Clear Channel is forced to stick them on sports sites, stations at the end of the dial. So that blueprint isn't going to work that much longer, I don't think. Eric Bollert, Senior Fellow at Media Matters for America. You should check out his work at MediaMatters.org. In particular today, his article, Guns, Race, and Fox News' Pathological Denial. Oh, and you should follow him on the Twitters at Eric Bollert for one of the liveliest Twitter feeds you'll come across. Uh, Always great to talk to you, Eric. I'm sure we'll be doing it again soon. Thanks, Brad. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Uh, one other point, uh, actually a couple other points I want to make before we get to the break here and try to uh, turn the page to a couple of other issues. Uh, Eric Bullard wrote uh, about this distraction spin in uh, over at Fox News. He notes that uh, Chuck Todd, who has his own problems, by the way, uh, on, uh, on Sunday's Meet the Press, he noted that 50 Americans since 9-11 have been killed in terrorist attacks. We're now up to 400,000 people since 9-11 who have been killed by firearms in this country. Bullard also writes that if current projections hold for the first time modern America, in modern American history, more people will die in 2015 from gun violence than from automobile accidents, that roughly 20,000 Americans kill themselves each year using firearms, and as Bloomberg News reported, the financial cost of U.S. gun violence in terms of lost work, medical care, insurance, court costs, and pain and suffering amounted to nearly $175 billion in 2010 alone. Yet, somehow, Fox News is able to continue ignoring uh, these kinds of facts, these kinds of numbers. That's what they do in the bubble that is uh, the pathological world of denial at Fox News. We're going to take a quick break and come back with more. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Sure. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. My thanks to Eric Bollert of Media Matters and Change is Coming to South Carolina. Repeating our, uh, I guess let's call it our top story today. South Carolina's Governor Nikki Haley has now called for the Confederate flag to be removed from the grounds of the state capitol in South Carolina. Uh, So there's that. Uh, Also, uh, I had mentioned when I was speaking with Eric about uh, Donald Trump being paid for these uh, these actors, these extra 
actors to show up at his big announcement last week. $50 a pop, according to Hollywood Reporter. Donald Trump's big presidential announcement Tuesday was made a little bigger with help from paid actors. New York-based Extra Mile Casting sent an email last Friday to its client list of background actors seeking extras to beef up attendance at Trump's event. The email said, We are looking to cast people for the event to wear T-shirts and carry signs and help cheer him in support of his announcement. This was a June 12 email that was obtained by The Hollywood Reporter. We understand this is not a traditional background job, but we believe acting comes in all forms, and this is inclusive of that school of thought. The pay was listed as $50 for less than three hours of work. When reached for comment about the Trump casting call, a person who answered the phone at Extra Mile Casting said, we don't know anything about that. When pressed whether the response was a denial of the story, the person said she couldn't comment further and hung up. Additional calls to Extra Mile went unanswered. Uh, that uh, it was funny because I saw that story after we went off the air on Tuesday, I think, of last week. And this was just before the shooting happened. I'm sorry, after we went off the air Wednesday, just before the shooting happened on Wednesday night. And I was going to cover this the next day because we had been talking right. about the Donald Trump announcement. And my belief, which I still stand by, that if he makes it through to uh, through to the debates and then to the actual voting when that begins, Donald Trump could do very well, as crazy as he is, as much as the uh, media regards him as a joke. That said, $50, you know, paying people to show up at your campaign announcement when you're running for president, that would hurt anyone else who was running for president. And it should hurt Donald Trump. But again, if Fox News doesn't tell the Republican primary voters about it, I don't know how much effect it will have. Now, uh, I had uh, a commenter at Bradblog.com by the name of Alex. Uh, he had come on a couple of days ago and said uh, at Bradblog, left a comment there, said, when will you mention the paid actors in Trump's campaign launch speech? Has your opinion of Trump's presidential run changed since Tuesday's broadcast? Please tell me he didn't buy you for $50. <laughs> Fat chance of that. I don't know. I could use the money. Well. $50 is $50, you know. Uh, but no, he, he did not buy me, though I would welcome his money. If Donald Trump wants to give me $50, he may do so. Uh, that said. He may not like what he gets what, from yeah, you out of get that. But yeah. from me, but uh, he's welcome to give me his money. But no, that uh, the reason I didn't uh, get back to that story was because South Carolina broke. And we have been playing catch up, frankly, ever since with a lot of news stories that we missed. I hope to uh, I hope to get to some of those in the days ahead if we can finally get caught up here. One more point, though, that I will make about South Carolina. Uh, that I, I have also been trying to get to. South Carolina, this was a story from April of this year, so we're talking about just a couple of months ago. South Carolina could become the third state in which condemned inmates could opt to face a firing squad under a proposal by an upstate lawmaker. South Carolina's supply of the uh, drugs that they had been using to kill uh, people on death row those drugs expired in 2013, and since then the state has had no way of executing death row inmates unless they agreed to be electrocuted. Oh, man. Uh, 
I'm trying to fix a problem that the state is facing currently with how we administer that, but doing so in the most humane way that I possibly know, said State Rep. Joshua Putnam, Republican from Piedmont. I've not found any evidence a firing squad has caused any pain. (laughs) (sighs) Tyler Jones, yeah, Tyler Jones, spokesman for House Democrats, criticized the proposal sarcastically, suggesting that Putnam should consider adding a guillotine option as well. At least that would be cheaper and more humane. This one just makes South Carolina look medieval. If approved, South Carolina would follow Utah and Oklahoma in allowing executions by firing squad, which brings up, you know, an interesting point. Again, that story was from April of this year. Here we are two months later. This horrific massacre by gun in a church in Charleston, nine people left dead. Thanks to guns, uh, this guy, Darren Roth, may well be facing uh, the death penalty himself under uh, South Carolina law, Uh, perhaps under federal law, if this is found to be a federal uh, hate crime or a federal uh, terrorist uh, crime. Do we really need more gunfire? Do we really need more guns? Is that really the most humane way? I guess there's a lot of people who would say, oh, well, yeah, he shot them, so now he should be shot, too, in South Carolina. How about we stop shooting people altogether? How about we stop doing something that uh, obviously hasn't uh, caused any of these killings to stop? The death penalty is not a deterrent, and I don't see how uh, uh, firing, uh, you know, killing these people with with guns or any other way, whether it's guillotine, uh, drugs, electrocution, or anything else, makes our world any better. The... The way that South Carolina, frankly, has stood up and and relatives of the victims have stood up uh, with dignity in the wake of this horrible tragedy, that has made us all better. I don't know that more killing will do so. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn, and to my guest today, Eric Bullert of Media Matters. We'll be back with you, same Brad time, same Brad channel tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll begin catching up on some of this uh, backlog of other non-South Carolina stories, but we'll see. There's a lot happening and a lot happening quickly, and I'm glad we've been able to uh, to cover it, frankly, as much as we have here on the Bradcast. If you missed any portion of today's program, it will be available for you, as ever, at bradblog.com a little bit later tonight, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever else. You can also drop me an email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And you can find and follow me on the Facebook and the Twitters at The Brad Blog. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. You can find me at bradblog.com. Good luck, world. <laughs>